0: Leonard Cohen, suggested there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. This viral crack gives us a chance to create something new and better. So let's talk about back to different and let the light in. I would like to introduce Colby Peters. Um, She and I met on the Internet. not like dating, but on LinkedIn. (laughs) And uh, we've become very good friends. And we've never actually met face to face. So I've asked Colby to be my first um, guest, my first victim on the Back to Different podcast to talk about what she sees as uh, where we go from here. So take it away, Colby.
1: Okay, thank you mac thank you so much for having me um i listened to your first um podcast for back to different and and i think um it was awesome and and a really nice uh perspective a long-term perspective of of possibilities rather than uh um short-term perspective on on What's gone wrong so far, you know, how we're we're suffering. Um, so, I really like the concept. And I was actually uh, talking with one of my good friends last night, and we were talking about um, acceptance. Sure. And I suddenly remembered that, that crisis the word crisis has a really interesting root word that that really is kind of counterintuitive given how we usually use the word crisis so yeah so crisis in in my mind at least how i usually use it is is as a completely negative thing as a uh everything has fallen apart your whole life has fallen apart and you just there's no way to put it back together um Every, every, it's complete chaos. Uh, and that that could be part of it, but that is actually sort of a side effect of a crisis rather than what the crisis actually is. So crisis comes from the root word crisis from Greek, except it's spelled K-R-I-S-I-S. Mm-hmm. And it means literally the turning point in a disease. So it's a wow. time that is very rich with possibility it's like it's like a primordial soup time where things can go in all kinds of different directions and at this at a crisis point in your life you have way more control than you have in other times way more your actions are magnified in, in their power, and they're also have much more far reaching consequences than they might normally would. So it's it's a time of, it can be a time of great pain and suffering. And it is also a time of amazing possibility. So if you think of, of crisis as a turning point in a disease, it's a point where you, if you're taking care of your own health or your doctor could make a decision that would help you live or die. Yeah. And it could go either way. Right. So I was thinking about this whole time as a, a, a crisis because that's what it is in the fullest sense of, a t- of the term. And um, I was also thinking about your, first podcast when you were talking about this i love the idea of um how when a caterpillar goes into its cocoon and it doesn't actually it like turns into this like organic paste so it actually breaks down and it reforms and that's a different concept than crisis but it kind of has the same um kind of has the same implications, right? So everything is kind of breaks down and you have this world of possibility that you can do something with. Um, So that's kind of how I've been thinking about this time because it has been a time of great pain for for me and and for lots of people. Um, A lot of stress, a lot of suffering, um, a lot of fear, a lot of change, and, and it has also been a time of tiny miracles every day, interactions with people that I would never have normally had, um, relate, building relationships with my husband and my children in ways that I would not necessarily have the opportunity to do if we weren't all stuck together in the house 24 hours a day. Uh, So I've been thinking a lot about this idea of crisis and how exciting and also terrifying it can be at the same time.
0: Let me me ask you a couple of questions. Um, You have a background in psychology, um, and everything you say makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> Which may be about my twisted perspective. I don't know. <laughs> and the question I would ask is given that the definition of crisis has to do with turning point in a disease, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what about us as human beings makes us choose to go, oh my God, what am I going to do? Ah, 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 first?
1: I think as human beings, and given that we, we have emotions and we can't get away from that, I think there has to be, it's part of the process. Okay. That I mean, that's what I think. Um, and also, there's always going to be some kind of grieving process when there's a change. And and even if especially with bigger changes, you're going to get a bigger grieving process, even if it's a positive change because you've lost something and it was a part of you and that hurts. Um, so even if you are letting something go to make room for something better, it's, I have found for myself that I have to give myself space to honor the feelings that I have around that process and change is scary because it's unknown. And so it's so important to really fully lean into those uncomfortable emotions that we have around big, big change and the unknown because every emotion you experience, if you don't process it fully, it doesn't go away; it hangs it, around. So, right. I think you know, it's just part. It's part of the process.
0: It's um. It it seems to me that that lots of us have trouble giving ourselves permission to feel those things and not see them as either a sign of weakness mm-hmm. or as um, something which we should leave behind or sooner the better and I, right. in my experience that's a trap and you know what you said about grieving is that grieving in my experience has nothing to do with the quality necessarily of what's what you're leaving behind mm-hmm. i mean i work with alcoholics in my work and one of the things i realized is that alcoholics have to grieve losing their addiction which sounds yeah. so bizarre but I-
1: Absolutely. I don't, you're right. I don't, I think that's a really good way to put it. It's not about, in this case, I think a lot of times it's not about quality, but in some cases it's about quantity. It's the amount of space that whatever it is that you're letting go, or you have unwillingly lost the amount of space it was taking up inside of you. Wow. And so with an addiction, mm-hmm. I mean, that takes up a lot of space, oh, yeah. a lot of space. And if you let that go, it means you are letting go a huge part of you, even if it wasn't serving you, even if it hurt other people, even if it was making you sick, it was still a part of you. And, and so when you, you empty that out, you're going to have a huge empty space. Oh, yeah. And so that, and then that makes me think back to the crisis piece of possibility. So you go through this fear, this terror, you're facing a gigantic change. You don't know what's on the other side. You are letting something go and you have this vacuum, like this big empty space, and it could be filled with anything and you get to choose. So that's scary because, you know, that's a lot of pressure (laughs) to decide, like, what do I put back? Or what do I keep? What do I let go of? What new things do I want? And to be really, we so we don't often get to be really purposeful, or we don't give ourselves permission to take the time and be purposeful about how we want to fill that space back up.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, I think that if we're going to make, make room in our lives for better, whether it's better with our kids, better with our spouses, better with our work, better with our, our taking care of ourselves, we have to make space for that, just mm-hmm. as you said. So maybe part of this turning point thing is, is to, to uh, frame that opportunity in terms of, all right, what can I, what can I discard?
1: Yeah, what can I discard and what do I want to keep? Because as 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 terrible as as say an addiction might be, as terrible as COVID is, as many lives as it's taking, as much suffering as it's causing, it is it, it it's create also creating this opportunity. It's 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 kind of a catalyst for breaking down systems that were, were were dysfunctional in the first place so for example if we look at the healthcare system super dysfunctional right and and you know my specialty my work is 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 stopping burnout and preventing burnout and so i have for years been studying a, what healthy organizational system looks like and what an unhealthy organizational system looks like and kind of what are the components or the hallmarks of a a healthy system. And I can tell you that the healthcare system does not have it. (laughs) And so something like COVID coming along is, and, and this is probably going to be a controversial statement in a way it is a gigantic gift because it could have been so much worse. Yeah. You know, what if it had a 50% mortality rate? Yeah. What if we didn't have the internet so we couldn't right. communicate with each other? What if we didn't have, already have um, systems in place to get um, personal pr- protective equipment distributed around the world to where it needs to go even if it is late? Um, And so what it's doing is it's 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 showing the cracks in these systems that we have so that we have the opportunity to fill those spaces with something better.
0: And I would I would hope that uh, those who listen to the podcast are not reading a political statement. Into what we're talking about? No,
1: there is not nothing political, no, nothing about, political about that. No. no,
0: this is about systems. It's just like
1: exactly
0: just like putting fuel in your car. That's not a political statement, right? But but you can't drive without it. And okay, so right. um, in our in our little time that we have left, I want to um, ask you to to do a couple things for me. One is I now have the title for the podcast, and the title is Tiny Miracles. Because okay. you talked about that, and that's that's beautiful. Um, so two things: what can what's a what's a sort of clear, um, simple first step that people can can do to like make this grieving process useful as far as being better, as you said, mm-hmm. this is a turning point. Mm-hmm. And and how do you and how can you help people focus on the tiny miracles? Mm that we need to get through this? If I can ask those two things.
1: Yeah, so, so great questions. For me, uh, I would say very first thing is, is, in my experience, fully accept your emotions and accept that however you are feeling at the moment is exactly the way you are supposed to feel. And I recently read this article in the New York Times about how there are a lot of of politicians and other people who generally tend to be in the spotlight who are crying in public. And prior to this time, that was a huge no-no. That was a career destroyer. Yep. Now, people are crying in public because they are sad and they can't help themselves. They're stressed. They're broken down. They're not getting enough sleep. They're working 20 hours a day and they cry because they're sick and they're sad and they're tired. And, and so the first thing I would love for people to do is not be afraid of that, not be afraid of showing emotion like that in public in a really, um, non-confrontational way. Crying is a completely normal response to sadness and fear. And and to accept that in yourself and to accept it in other people. And just not judge, not compare, like, oh, well, this person has it so much worse than I do. Maybe, but that doesn't mean that you can't be sad.
0: Yeah. So how about the tiny miracles? How do we how do we let them show up on our on our radar and and get the vitamins that we need from them yeah
1: so so for the tiny miracles i think recognizing the tiny miracles is contingent on the first the first answer cool it is you you in order to to make room to be grateful for the tiny miracles to recognize them as what they are and and to be happy about them you have to make room in yourself for to see the tiny miracles and if you are constantly tamping down your emotions you are going to have less and less room inside yourself to to be able to see so you have to accept your emotions and and kind of uh be in the discomfort that they bring to you and let yourself cry and talk about feeling sad. If you need to do that. And then, in that way, once you fully experience them, experience them and validate them for yourself, you can release them and then you make room to see the tiny miracles, which are happening all around you all the time, right? But you can't see them if, if you are not, At fully accepting what's inside of you and and so that you can then release it later
0: that was almost as if you read from a wonderful script (laughs) it was it was was perfectly focused and very clear and you know one you know all of the greek visions of hell are of, of doing the same task over and over again and nothing ever gets better Mm-hmm. So I think you you have helped give people something they can do that helps them get helps them get better. Thanks for giving us a listen. As we move forward with this situation, with this thing that's us, let's never forget that we are all in this together. No matter what else happens, we're all in this together. Thank you.